the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. A little record company there, and I'm coming home. I'm actually going to see them tomorrow night, Monday night, uh, at the revamped Irving Plaza. I cannot wait. I've never, um, never had the opportunity to check out the record company in concert, and I am very excited to go and see these guys. Three Pieces... Uh, sort of blues, rock, jazz kind of fusion, I guess if you want to call it, really cool. I think they did, if I'm not mistaken, if, I know, if I'm remembering the story correctly, the first album they recorded was in their house. Like, they set up the house as a studio. Kind of makeshift. Very cool. Uh, the great group of guys uh, just, uh, just excited to go and see a live show uh, indoors. Uh, for the first time in, wow. Well, I mean, Queensryche, yeah, I guess Jeff Tate, yeah, it was the first indoor show, but this would be the second one. I mean, we only got half a show with Jeff Tate, so go figure, because the power went out. So uh, uh, an interesting story behind that, too. So I called the Vogel, where they had the, um, <laughs> we've got a great show for you. I'm gonna get, we're going to get to it in a second. Um, but funny story about the Vogel. I called them. Uh, because they had said they would give uh, replacement tickets for the fact that, you know, it was a situation beyond their control. And uh, they told me, they're like, oh, yeah, um, you got to pick this show or no show. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. You said any show. So I don't know if that counts for this year or for next year for another show. I don't know. So I have to figure that out because um, time is running out and um, there aren't too many good shows in between now and the end of the year that I really want to go and see. So uh, we will ha- we will we'll have to see what happens. Anyway, we got a great show for you tonight. Got news and notes to get to. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo G A T U Facebook dot com slash A G Craft Beercast. We're all over uh, m- parts of social media, I should say. We're not on TikTok. We're not on uh, those crazy things. iTunes and Google Podcasts. Yes, uh, we're on Odyssey. We're on Alexa. Uh, you know, just say to Alexa, you want to hear the show, and it'll pop the show on when it's live. I don't think it's uh, when it's, re- you know, on the podcast version, but the podcast version, you can download and listen to whenever you feel like it on the Hopped Up Network. Just head over to the Hopped Up Network a couple minutes after this show ends, and you'll be able to download uh, the show and listen to it whenever you feel like it. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Cecily Wong, she's the co author of Gastro Obscura. She will join me on the program. 
uh, a fascinating new book that explores different foods and beverages from around the world. It was a great interview. We did it a couple weeks ago, and uh, a lot of fun. That is coming up uh, 20 minutes from now. So a few weeks ago, I was at the Grandiversary Celebration for Wild East Brewing in Brooklyn, and I ran into Ann Riley, who's the executive director of the New York City Brewers Association, and she told me that the kickoff to New York City Beer Week is going to be Saturday, February 26th, 2022. Now, it's going to be at the Brooklyn Expo Center, 72 Noble Street in Brooklyn, uh, unless something changes. I believe they've had it there every year. Uh, great place. Lots of awesome New York City, New York State, and out-of-state brewers that will be there. Details on who's coming, sessions, etc. very soon. But just mark it in your calendars, Saturday, February 26th of next year, which happens to be my 22nd wedding anniversary. And I am sure my wife is not going to be happy that we'll be attending that event. But let me tell you something. Um, it's a great event. It kicks off New York City Beer Week. I love it. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, I, I can't engage in all of the festivities that go on for New York City Beer Week because I have to be up so early in the morning. But that is the one th- event that I try to get to every year because there are so many great breweries from New York City that are at the event. But then it's the the outside breweries that they bring in as kind of guest breweries, and every one of them is spot on. It's a fantastic show. And a- as I was chatting with Ann about it, I said to her, I said, that was the last show, live show that they did before the pandemic. It happened like three weeks before the city was shut down. Two, we- two or three weeks before the city was shut down. That was the last in-person event that they did until just a couple of weeks ago at Blocktoberfest, so very cool. Uh, Cape May Brewing, uh, canning their hometown favorite. It's been a staple of the brewery's lineup ever since the company's inception. It's got strong roots in South Jersey. It's crafted using only fresh New Jersey honey. It's Cape May Honey Porter, deceptively smooth, 5.4% brown porter, an uber-light body, just a hint of sweetness. It is out now wherever you can find Cape May beer in the New Jersey area, and that happens to be pretty much the entire state. Mother Earth is returning one of its original annual releases crafted with a a less common hop known for imparting distinct tangerine, coconut, tropical fruit, and stone fruit aromas to the beer brewed with Sabro hops. Taking center stage in front of an appropriately muted malt bill, Mother Earth Wet Hop Dreams, 6.7% ABV Fresh Hop IPA, earthy cedar mint and cream notes on that one. That is out now as well. And Shorts Brewing has a new limited release uh, it's called Shorts Super Delicious Stout. It's a 4.4% ABV sessionable fall seasonal with the creamy nitro-infused mouthfeel that only enriches its delivery. It's out now. I know Shorts is now in New Jersey uh, due to um, Cape Beverage, uh, but don't know if this is going to be available in New Jersey. It might be limited uh, to just the Michigan area. Our good friends from Stone Brewing uh, have shared uh, over the last week and a half that they are participating in the Brave Noise Beer Collaboration, which was started by Brianna Allen and Ash Elliott of Women of the Bevolution. Brave Noise aims to create a safe and discrimination-free beer industry while also advocating for breweries to be transparent around their policies and commit to the long-term work required in this space. Their version, Stone's version of Brave Noise Pale Ale, available now on draft at all Stone locations, a hazy pale ale brewed with dragon fruit from their friends at Cerrito Farms, uh, and also... Stone Spirit Shroud Hazy Double IPA dropped uh, this past October 21st. Um, This is exclusive at their online store in all stone locations. It's a ridiculously smooth and tasty beer. 
Uh, it is at a 9.8% ABV. Uh, our first release in the One Batch Dispatch series lasted online for less than 24 hours, so uh, I am sure that this beer by now uh, is certainly uh, sold out. Um, and before we break, I, I want to mention about the collaboration with the women in beer. But I want to get to this last news note before we do that. Our friends at Lukey Brewing, uh, they're going to have their Dark Circus. Uh, Something Wicked This Way comes to Lukey Brewery for Halloween weekend. It's a three-day festive story filled with monsters, magic, and movement. It starts on Friday, October 29th. Of course, finishes on Sunday, October 31st at uh, Lukey Brewery in Arvada, Colorado. Uh, they're uh, They're going to have a juggling workshop. They're going to have all kinds of. They're going to have live entertainment on Friday night from Circus Foundry with illuminating juggling and rope dart demonstrations, roller skating, tarot card reading, and more. Uh, Circus Foundry comes back again. Another round of fun, spooky fun, starting with a juggling workshop from five to six p.m. Then they have hula hooping, Isis wing performers, gravity defying crystal orb demonstrations. They're going to have a tarot card reading and a lot more. And then on Halloween. Lukey is welcoming the return of 217. It's a blood orange double IPA. It's at 8.9% ABV. It's Lukey's biggest beer to date, named in honor of the room in the book version of The Shining. Uh, 217 invokes a huge amount of grain and hops that star in this thriller. Eldorado hops, uh, twin dry hop sessions, ages the beer on blood orange puree to provide maximum citrus taste. Uh, So you can go to Lukey Brewing. There's a fee involved uh, to get in for these uh, different events. And again, uh, lots of cool things that they're going to have from Friday, October 29th through Sunday, October 31st. So before we take a break, it's great that Stone is doing this uh, Brave Noise um, beer collaboration. There's a lot of a, a bunch of other breweries that are doing it as well. And uh, McKellar Beer had put something out on Instagram about a week or so ago about how they have a problem in their brewery. I didn't really get into all the details about it, and this might be something that... Um, Although I don't think it was something that Tara Nuren was referring to, because I think she said something about, you know, not you, McKellar. But uh, anyway, I digress. Um, So McKellar was posting on their Instagram page uh, about how they have a problem. They need help. They're trying to solicit uh, ideas from people about, you know, the the, the culture in their industry that I guess I'm again, I'm speculating that there was another harassment or some something along those lines. Folks, this is not that hard as a business. Or as a human being, treat people the way you want to be treated. You should treat every man and woman equally. Equally. I don't understand why this is so difficult to do. And yes, are men guilty of mansplaining a lot? Absolutely. Because we cer- we certainly think we have the answers to everything. Guess what? Newsflash, we don't. We don't. And we need to treat everybody with the same respect that you want to be treated with. We should be treating everyone as an equal. Because that's exactly what they are, an equal. Male, female, trans this, you know, lesbian that, gay whatever, I don't care. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat everybody with respect. Be nice to people. It's not that hard to do. It really isn't. You had a bad day? You have a bad day. But honestly, treat people with respect. It's pretty simple. This is not rocket science, folks. This isn't something that requires social media posts and, and this and that, and whatever. Hire an HR firm that's going to do the job to make sure that your employees feel safe. Okay? And then here's what you do. You treat people normal. You treat uh, normal. It's a bad word. 
You treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them with respect and kindness and love. Why is this so hard? Then you won't have complaints from people. Okay? Enough said. When we come back after a short break, more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Alcatulo, Instagram at Catulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Podcasts. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those platforms. We're Alexa Ready as well, Odyssey.com, iHeartRadio, Hopped Up Network. Just head over to the Hopped Up Network. Uh, and you can listen to the podcast version of this show. Usually uh, a couple minutes after the show ends, a couple minutes after uh, midnight, we pop that show up for you, and then you can download and listen to it at your leisure. 36 years ago, on October 21st, that song, Rainbow in the Dark, from Ronnie James Dio from the Holy Diver uh, album, was released as a single. And that's one of those songs, Rainbow in the Dark, first off, 36 years ago makes me officially old because I remember when that song came out. Um, And I love the Holy Diver album. I love Ronnie James Dio. I miss him. I'm in the middle of his autobiography. Um, Haven't really finished it yet. In fact, I'm still in the the book itself. I'm still reading about Ronnie as a doo-wop singer in the 50s uh, and early 60s as he's traveling around upstate New York. Um, with his band to try and get gigs. But I think people forget that when it comes to Ronnie James Dio. People forget that this is a guy that was a doo-wop singer before he became uh, a heavy metal icon with that voice. So uh, kind of cool there. And I'm hopefully I'm, I'm going to get through the book in the next uh, couple of weeks so this way uh, we can talk more about it. And it's a shame. I mean, the guy has passed away now, uh, what is it, over a number of years now, um, of a, a rare form. I think it was stomach cancer that he died from it. Finding out Rob Halford uh, had prostate cancer last year during the pandemic. And it just, you know, it's a shame. We're seeing so many of the bands that we grew up with, if you're in my age group, of band members that are passing away. And it happens. This is the thing that happens. And then you remember the times of seeing these people in concert. And it's just, it's one of those things you go down nostalgia lane. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Cecily Wong, the co-author of Gastro Obscura, will join me. It's a fascinating new book that explores different foods and beverages from them around the world. And we get into some of those beverages uh, and some foods as well. That happens uh, just under 10 minutes from now. Now, listen, if you're not doing anything on Friday, December 10th, Friday night, December 10th, you got to join me. And the guys from Bolero Snort, uh, as we get set for the Army-Navy game that will be at MetLife Stadium on Saturday the 11th, on December 11th. But on Friday night, December 10th, we are doing a live broadcast from Bolero Snort Brewery from 8 to 9 p.m. Portions of this program brought to you by Bolero Snort. Easy for me to say. No, I'm not drinking. Uh, but it's at Bolero Snort Brewery located at 316 20th Street in Carlstadt, New Jersey. It's right on the road on Patterson Plank Road, right off of Patterson Plank Road as you head into MetLife Stadium. Again, 316 20th Street, 
Carlstadt, New Jersey. It's going to be rebroadcast in its usual Sunday night slot at 11 p.m. Eastern, but Friday night from 8 to 9 p.m., Friday night, December 10th, we will be broadcasting live inside Bolero Snort. Uh, probably going to have Rich DeMarco from Army Football there previewing the game, whether he's there or on the phone. We'll have him in some capacity or another. Uh, I think we're going to be releasing our collaboration stout that we're putting together with Source and Bolero. We're going to have a few surprises, too. For instance, if you come to the event, you have a chance to win a pair of Army-Navy tickets for the Saturday, December 11th game at MetLife Stadium. That's right. You have to be there. You have to physically be in the brewery. Uh, I'm not sure how we're going to do it. It might just be as simple as people writing their names on a piece of paper, putting it in a big bucket, and then we'll pull a name out of the out of the bucket. And if I pull your name, you win those pair of tickets. You get to go to the Army-Navy game the next day. But you have to be at Bolero Snort in order to win. That's how it's going to work. Now, we're also encouraging everyone, bring a new unwrapped toy, because we are going to be donating those toys to the Hackensack Fire Department as well as the Youth Con- uh, Consultation Services of Hackensack. Both of them are going to be there in some capacity. Uh, we're going to talk with them as well and how Toys for Tots, and again, you know, toy supplies are going to be uh, scarce, so get a toy early, new unwrapped toy, bring it with you. Uh, I believe we're going to be partnering with a local bakery where if you bring the toy, we can give you a prepackaged cookie. That said cookie is part of the mash for the collapsed out that we are going to be releasing. It's going to be a fun night. Get to hang out with me, have a few beers from Bolero, uh, possibly win a pair of tickets to the Army-Navy game uh, at MetLife the next day, and best part, we get to chat about beer and have some fun right around Christmas time. It's going to be a blast. Be there. Bolero Snort, 316 20th Street, Carlstadt, New Jersey, Friday night, December 11th, 8 to 9 p.m. is the live show. It's going to be a blast. Uh, Last year, the New York City Hospitality Alliance successfully advocated to allow restaurants and bars to temporarily use propane heaters to help keep customers warm while dining outdoors when indoor dining was shut down or at a reduced capacity, a practice strongly prohibited by the FDNY in normal times. Now, there were no reported safety incidents, but after extended review, the city has announced they will not again allow the use of propane heaters this season due to safety considerations. Uh, we know that this announcement is a blow to the restaurants, hoping to use propane heaters again. They're still trying to recover from the pandemic. They're still allowing these outdoor structures, so they were hoping they could use propane heaters. That's not going to happen. The city's not allowing it. The use of electric and natural gas heaters still permitted in accordance with city guidelines. The city's going to do an education campaign with businesses on transitioning to electric or natural gas before January. Maybe an option for some, but the alliance knows that it's not feasible for all restaurants. The FDNY is going to hold off on propane removal and fines, except for the most egregious cases until the new year. The Department of Small Business Services is going to offer grants of up to $5,000 to help switch to gas or electric for participating open restaurants with revenue of a million dollars or less. So that's cool. Again, if you're not a part of the New York City Hospitality Alliance, you should be. They'll direct you in the, in the right direction to get all this information to help out your restaurant. So there you go. Two Colorado culinary creators got together uh, to pair beer and ice cream. We saw Source do this in New Jersey with a a local uh, ice cream brand. Now Weldworks is doing this as well. So uh, Weldworks Brewing and Little Man Ice Cream uh, are coming out with Little Man's iconic salted Oreo ice cream into beer. Apparently Little Man's salted Oreo stout emulates its ice cream. It's at 6.5%. Uh, it has additions of vanilla Oreos, salted Oreo ice cream from Little Man, and, of course, 
Salt, it's an ice cream stout with a smooth and velvety mouthfeel and a sweetness from the ice cream that is balanced by that hint of salt. Uh, this is already out at the Greeley Tap Room in Weldworks uh, this past Friday, um, but also it'll be available in cans and on draft within Weldworks distribution footprint, which I believe includes New Jersey. have to reach out to those folks to see if uh, I can get a, a hand on a can or two of that. That sounds delicious. And, of course, our friends from Trogues um, has announced the release of their iconic holiday ale, Mad Elf. Um, it's a new label art in collaboration with Florida-based illustrator Joshua Noom. Uh, it is the fourth iteration of the beloved and mischievous Trogues character since 2002. Um, Trogues' brother Chris Trogner says we have a history of reimagining the Elf. Mad Elf is a beer that really captures the holidays for so many people, and it's not just beer lovers. A lot of people who don't regularly drink beer have a special connection with Mad Elf. This new art really captures what people love about it. It's festive, nostalgic, and a whole lot of fun. Uh, it's a once-a-year holiday ale along with its ruby red glow. It's born from five varieties of tree-ripened cherries, Bing, Lambert, Van, and Royal, contribute a bright and juicy sweetness, while Montemorenesi adds a touch of tartness. Aside from the cherries, honey is the other integral ingredient into Mad Elf. Each year, Trogue sources 25,000 pounds of local wildflower honey from the Happy Beekeeper in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Uh, it releases in 12-ounce bottles and cans throughout Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. It's already out, uh, followed by everywhere else Trogues is sold over the next few weeks. And look for Mad Elf on draft beginning in mid-November. So kudos to the folks from Trogues. Mad Elf is out. I've had it. It's a You know what? As a one-off beer, once-a-year beer, it's a nice change of pace. A lot of people think it looks and drinks like cough syrup. Uh, I'm here to tell you it does not. It's a fun, festive holiday beer, certainly uh, for Thanksgiving, as Thanksgiving is right around the corner. You definitely want to check that out. Um, again, uh, just want to mention the Bolero thing. Uh, it's one of the first live events that we're going to be doing uh, from a brewery, um, you know, post-pandemic where people can actually be. We did our broadcast from Source uh, last year during the pandemic uh, with our home brewing contest. Unfortunately, um, we couldn't have a crowd there. Uh, but this will probably be the first or second thing that we do in terms of a release, uh, around the release and having people there and Toys for Tots and Army, Navy and all of this great stuff. So I really encourage you, come out to Bolero Snort Friday night, December 10th, 8 to 9 p.m. is the live broadcast. You don't want to miss it. If I'm not mistaken, that stout will be ready that day. We will put it out there for you. You can buy cans. You can have it on draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, and by the way, the rumor that I heard and I was a part of the meeting, is apparently the boys from Bolero, Scott and Bob, are going to put my fat face on the can. Now, it's not going to be on the front of the can, but you're going to see my fat face somewhere on their label art. I don't know if I'm really a fan of that, but some people, maybe a collector's item, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. When we come back after a short break, my face on a can is not really a good look, folks. But when we come back after a short break, Cecily Wong, she's the co-author of Gastro Obscura. She will join me on the program. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. 
70, the answer. Well, we're not going to talk about candy in a moment, but we are going to talk about food for sure. You can follow me on Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram, at Gattulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Uh, we're on Facebook, of course, Google Play, iTunes, all those great places. We're also on the hoppedupnetwork.com. You can check out the podcast version of this show, usually Monday mornings, a couple of minutes after the show ends on Sunday night. My next guest is an author who, along with one of her colleagues, Dylan Thuris, has written a book called Gastro Obscura. And if you love food and beer like I do and want to explore a rich culture of different food and drink all over the world, you need to check out this book. Atlas Obscura, that's O-B-S-C-U-R-A dot com is the website for more information. Of course, you can order the book now anywhere you buy your books online. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer, Cecily Wong. Cecily, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. How long did it take you and Dylan to write this book? Oh, it took us four years. Wow. Four years. Us, yeah, it was the two of us, and we, we had a lot of help. This is a big book. It has over 500 entries. It spans the whole world. Um, there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen on this one. Uh, that Which leads me to my next question. So we're, uh, some of these places obviously were visited by you or Dylan, but a lot of the experiences were from people uh, writing in and, and explaining what, what, what of their particular food or drink was, correct? Yes, exactly. So that's one of the coolest things about Atlas Obscura and Gastro Obscura is that we have this huge community of, of users who are across the world and they, they write in literally every day saying, you got to check out this food. I grew up eating this or I went on vacation and I had this awesome thing. Um, and, and we found probably about half of the entries in the book that way. And, and it's funny, one of the entries that I was looking at and I immediately, because of course I drink beer and obviously the show is about beer, I said, where can I bathe in 42,000 pints of warm beer? It sounds like that could get a little sticky, won't it? <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I bet it would get a bit sticky, but it's supposed to, be, supposed to be good for your skin. I'm not sure you would do it for your skin, more for the enjoyment of bathing in beer. <laughs> right. Um, but Austria is where you go if you would like to bathe in beer, in, in a castle. Um, the Starkenberger Pools, yes, they, they, um, they converted their old fermentation cellar into into beer pools where you sit in warm beer and you you drink a cold one i like that and in a castle that's pretty cool see i could take some oh wow that's boy that could be very dangerous but for me we're talking with cecily wong co-author of a book called gastro obscura it's available now wherever you get your books online Atlas Obscura, O-B-S-C-U-R-A dot com is the website for more information as we're here on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, one of the other things that piqued my interest was a brewery in, Phil- in, in Pennsylvania, actually. Uh, I had never heard of Bub's Brewery and Catacombs, I hope I'm pronouncing the name right, located in the town of Mount Joy. They have pirate-themed parties there? How did all this come about? They do. Um, I actually, I just spoke to someone in Pennsylvania. It is boobies. I boobies. didn't know how to pronounce okay. it either. All right. Uh, ex- exactly. It's a, it's a German immigrant. He, he opened this brewery in, in the 19th century. There was this huge um, lager craze of the time. Lancaster County was like called the, um, it was like the, the, the capital of, of loggers in the U S oh, wow. and he was, he opened this brewery and it's still it's still kicking today. They they serve um, they have all these themed feasts, as you said, pirates, kind of Renaissance themes, um, and people dress up and you eat in what they call the catacombs. It's forty five feet underground, I think. Oh, wow. um, candlelit. They make their own beers. Yeah, it sounds exceptional. And this just the the building is really historic. I guess they had 
the first, the town's first flush toilet, um, really? all sorts of things to discover in this, all right, in this so boobies. That, that is a, <laughs> that's a road trip for me and my wife because I'm going to tell her, listen, Lancaster, we've been to Lancaster a bunch of times. She's going to be, oh, it's exciting. we got candlelight. And by the way, and then, of course, she'll respond, okay, there's beer in there. All right, I got it. We're going to go. So that's cool. That's <laughs> a good location uh, and not too far from me. But shifting gears around the world, North Korea's uh, Tadongagang Brewing Company makes some of the hardest to find beers in the world. Now, clearly because it's run by a dictator and obviously they're not um, exporting the their beer, but how was how was someone able to find out about this brewery, and was any beer smuggled out to taste? Um, you know, very, very few people outside of North Korea have tried this beer, and I'm dying to. It's supposed to be quite good, um, but the story behind how they got um, this beer is absolutely wild. Basically, um, Kim Jong-il decided one day that he wanted a state-run brewery, uh, but he didn't have a brewery in North Korea, so he sent a team to to the UK to buy a brewery and then to disassemble it brick by brick, um, every single pipe, every single bolt. And they shipped millions of pounds of brewery um, back to North Korea where they, they just resurrected the entire thing. They built it exactly the same. Wow. Um, and that is that is their brewery. Sort, sort of like when uh, like an Italian restaurateur or something that makes brick oven pizza or something and imports the brick from Italy, you know, to bring to the United States or something like that, or somebody builds a house in marble that's Italian marble that breaks down something. That's pretty, wow, that is pretty wild. Um, uh, we're talking with Cecily Wong. She's the co-author of a book called Gastro Obscura. It's available now wherever you get your book books online. It's really a coffee table book. It's one of those you put it out and somebody looks at it and goes, oh, what's this? It starts flipping through it. Atlas Obscura, O-B-S-C-U-R-A dot com is the website for more information as we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, I love sour beers, uh, Cecily, but what is the story behind Sour Toe in Dawson City, Canada? There's a chant and a body part involved? Yes, it is a pickled severed toe. Um, oh. That is the the star ingredient in the sour toe cocktail. Basically, you, the sour toe cocktail is served um, yes in in Dawson City in in, um, in Canada, mm. and basically it's any cocktail you want, and then you put this severed toe in it, and you drink it. And if the if the toe touches your lips, you are now part of an exclusive club called the Sour Toe Club, and it's. It's the it's the invention of this man who lived a very crazy life, and one day he found a severed toe in a in a um, in a shack. Um, it was it was a frostbite toe, and he decided to get people to drink it. And over 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 decades, the toe has been ingested. It's been lost. It's been stolen, and you always find someone to donate a new toe. And replace it. So there's there's always a toe on hand at this bar. Sometimes there's multiple. I guess so. Oh my god, that sounds like a wild story, but probably someplace I would definitely want to visit. Now I would think, Cecily, that the largest country with pizza consumption would be the United States or Italy. But as your book says, those two are not correct. Which country is it? It is Norway, which is very surprising, I think, to everyone except for Norwegians. <laughs> <laughs> they they eat 50 million pizzas a year, wow. um, which is the most per capita of any country. Uh, but I think like 47 million of them are frozen, which is the other crazy thing about this fact. Mm-hmm. Um, they love frozen pizza. They eat so much of it. Um, and the Norwegian, the, the classic Norwegian pizza is it's tomato sauce, Jarlsberg cheese, and paprika. And then after it comes out of the oven, you sprinkle it with, um, you drizzle it rather with, with ketchup. 
Oh, ketchup. Oh, come on. I, now, I love ketchup, but not on a pizza. <laughs> any, any good standing Italian would say that that is, that is not the way you do it. And finally, last question from me. Uh, tell the audience the story of the rarest pasta in the world. It's made by just three women on the island of Sardinia? Exactly, yes. Um, I am dying to try this pasta. It is called Sufilende, which in, Sar- in Sardo it means threads of God. Um, and exactly, it's a tradition that's been passed on through the same Sardinian family for 300 years. There are only three women on earth right now who know how to make it. And it's a, it's a hand-pulled pasta. It starts as dough, um, and they just keep pulling it and doubling it, pulling it, doubling it, until you have these really, really, really thin strands. Um, and they're making it all in preparation for these two feasts that happen each year mm-hmm. on the island of Sardinia. Um, and they feed pilgrims twice a year, and it's 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 known as the rarest pasta in the world because who knows um, who knows who will carry on the tradition. That's that's amazing, and you would uh, you would hope that it would that tradition would continue on and not and not die. That's that is amazing. My guest has been Cecily Wong, co-author of a book called Gastro Obscura. It's available now wherever you get your books online. As- Atlas Obscura O B S C U R A dot com is the website for more information. Cecily, thanks so much for joining me on the program. Very much appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I'm getting better and out. I'm getting better and out. I'm getting better and I'm feeling it right now. Segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T U L O. Facebook dot com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email. Albert G NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Podcasts. Do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those two platforms. We're Alexa ready as well. Hopped up network Odyssey.com iHeart, the whole shebang. Head over to thehoppedupnetwork.com. A few minutes after the show ends, you can download and listen to the entire show at your leisure. Portions of the program, of course, brought to you by two great breweries. One is Source Brewing. Uh, Two places they have. Route 34, Colts Neck, New Jersey, right next to Delicious Orchards. Or you can head to Source Urban Brewery in Philadelphia, in the Fishtown neighborhood of Philadelphia. A fantastic place, not only for the beer, but for the food as well. That's right, in Pennsylvania, they can do beer and food. And, of course, our good friends over at Bolero Snort. Bolero Snort, located in Carlstadt, New Jersey, a stone's throw from the Meadowlands right off of Patterson Plank Road. The Staten Island accent almost dropped in there right off. Off. It's amazing. Somebody was talking about accents the other day. My, I think my friend Judy was talking about uh, accents and how... Um, you always know when somebody comes from somewhere, but when the Staten Island accent drops in, that's when you know it's kind of serious. And at times, my accent from where I was born and raised in Staten Island does drop in. Uh, but over the years, I've gotten rid of it. In fact, I've listened to old uh, recordings of myself when I was doing sports and, and other things way back, almost 30 years ago. And it's hilarious how my accent is just terrible. Um it really is. It's bad. Maybe one of these days I'll play it on the air. Maybe not. Anyway, uh, let us dive into uh, Suds and Duds. By the way, 
Uh, I know I mentioned it earlier in the show, but we're doing our broadcast with Bolero on Friday, December 10th uh, at Bolero Snort Brewing. Uh, you definitely want to be there if you're an Army-Navy fan. Uh, an opportunity to win a pair of tickets to the next day's Army-Navy game at MetLife Stadium. You want to be there, okay? Trust me, it's going to be a great time. We're going to do the show uh, Friday, December 10th from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. It'll be live. We will be on the radio, but we will be live from uh, Bolero. We're going to have a great time. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait. It's going to be it's going to be a blast. So definitely mark it on your calendar. Friday, December 10th from 8 to 9 p.m. at Bolero Snort Brewing uh, right in beautiful Carlstadt, New Jersey. Let us dive into Suds and Duds. A couple weeks ago, I was down at Carton Brewing um, to uh, see Jeff Allworth, the author of uh, Beer Bible, uh, Volume 2. Uh, but also, you know, uh, it was one of those free events. You know, I wanted him to sign the book. I wanted to chat with him a little bit, did get a chance to chat with him. I uh, got to spend some time with Augie Carton, and Augie's just a great guy to hang around with, but he is a wealth of beer knowledge, and he tells great stories while sitting, uh, you know, over a, over a glass of suds. And you'll catch him a lot at the brewery now. And if you do, and you get the opportunity to sit down and talk with him, uh, do it because uh, it is absolutely well worth it. Um, my uh, my buddy Rob and I, we got there and we started out with a something nice. It's uh, just a nice way to start uh, the afternoon off. Uh, a nice, easy drinking beer. Um, delicious. Had uh, tangled up. Uh, as well there, a uh, l- nice slight sour bite on this one. It was really good. And then I meant to drink it while I was there, but I ended up uh, coming back later on uh, to Paragon Tap and Table, and they had Festi, um, their, their lager, Fest beer, uh, on tap. Great beer, another one of these easy-drinking beers. Um, it, it's just everything that, that Augie does is really good. And you know what? He, like a lot of brewers... Match up beer with food. It's I, I taste something. It's a certain type of ingredient. I want to duplicate that in a beer, and then it's figuring out what it is to put in a mix that would give it the beer equivalent to. Um, it's just it's basically breaking down a recipe and then recombining that recipe into something liquid that you can drink. And it's amazing. And listen, let's face it. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you put that stuff together and you go and you taste it and you're like, ooh. Yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna work. But a lot of times, a lot of brewers can kind of nail it for exactly what they want, or you know, an appro- I shouldn't say ex- well, maybe so you know exactly or an, or an approximate version of what they want, where the tastes are there. It might not exactly meet up to specs, but there are people that will, you know, they get it and it's it's not quite there. They don't bother with the rest of it, which is why a lot of these guys. We'll brew on a you know one barrel system to kind of get a sample batch, as opposed to you know making a big product and then going, we got to throw this in there. Anyway, I digress. Uh, DDH uh, Milkinit uh, X one three four five nine by Icarus uh, Odie, an Odie beer. I, I don't know if that's a word. Light crisp. I liked it a lot, but it had that real a solid oat flavor in there uh, that was very much enjoyable. Then um, at Paragon. Uh, they did uh, an NJCB takeover uh, where it was great uh, to spend some time with Mike Kivowitz from, uh, uh, from the NJCB. Uh, actually, got he got to meet somebody who was a huge fan of his, follows his page. She's a member, um, at, uh, Army veteran, if I'm not mistaken, Army or Marines. I think it was Army. 
Um, really, really nice woman. I, she said her name, and of course, stupid me, by the time I met her, I was already too many beers in, and I forgot. Uh, but it was a great, lively conversation, had a really good time, and a bunch of great New Jersey beers that were on tap at Paragon Tap and Table. Uh, Believe, uh, which is their beer that Bolero did with, um, uh, oh my God, Rutgers alum. Why can't I remember his name? See, this is what happens when you tape things early in the morning and you forget people's names. Uh, Eric Eric Legrand. God, how, how could I forget that? Anyway, <laughs> this is a coffee-flavored Blondale that is excellent. It's light. It's got that coffee note to it, but it's a really, really good beer. Um, excellent. If you can get it, do yourself a favor. Drink it. It's well worth it. Nosh, the Citroen Mosaic by Twin Elephant. I did not get a chance to get cans of this, but I was so happy that it was on tap uh, at Paragon Tap and Table. They are now carrying Twin Elephant on draft, which is awesome. It's a banging IPA. I love that they combine these things together. And what Twin does with IPAs, you know, Twin and Source are kind of, for me, when it comes to Jersey breweries, are neck and neck when it comes to those hazy, juicy IPAs. Each of them has a distinct style flavor to them. Um but but both are equally as good. I wouldn't put one over the other. I think they're kind of equals when it comes to making IPAs. I'd love to see a collaboration between Twin and Source. I think that'd be a really cool idea. Do a really, really cool, juicy IPA somewhere around 7.5%, 8%. Or maybe a little less, maybe 6.5%. But somewhere in that 6 to 8 range, it, it would be unbelievable. Um Roush beers don't nearly get enough credit. We've gone to Plaid by Alternate Ending is a very, very good beer. Nice, light, smooth, um, had a really nice flavor to it, dark, um, very nice. And what Alternate Ending is doing down there, uh, they're doing great. If you haven't been there yet, you should definitely check it out. The beers are spot on. They're in Aberdeen. They're in a, in a, a converted movie theater uh, right along Route 34. If you want to do a, a little trip, you can do Alternate Ending and have some food. Then head over to Source or do it in the reverse. Go to Source first. On your way back, you hit alternate ending and you pick up some food. The pizza there is absolutely outstanding. Tropic High by Source. This was another one where I didn't get it in cans, but I ended up uh, having it on draft. Tropical, juicy, smooth, really great flavor, a delicious beer. And then finally, um, Paragon gets in cans of Other Half. So they had gotten a fresh batch of Double Dry Hop, Double Citra Daydream. Had to. I just had to. I mean, the stuff was canned like the day before. Uh, it's hazy. It's tropical. It's got that sticky note to it. It is absolutely fantastic. I love what Other Half does. I, I love the fact that Other Half has opened up in Rockefeller Center. Um, that is definitely something that I need to um, that I need to go to and visit. Although I think my wife and I are going to go back to see the tree this year, uh, but do it like how we did. A um, couple of years ago, two years ago, before the pandemic, um, it's like BTP, ATP. I think that's going to be the initials from now on. But anyway, I want to fi- let me finish the start before the, the end of the show here. So my wife and I, two years ago, we went to see the tree early in the morning. We got up at five in the morning. We drove into the city. It was still dark. And we got to see the tree with nobody around. All lit. They light the tree at like 430 in the morning or something like that. The tree was lit. It was empty. There was a few people around, but not the crowds that you would normally see. We took as many pictures as we wanted. We got right up close to the tree. 
There was another, uh, there was a woman out with her son. She was visiting as a tourist. She took my wife, our picture. Um, it was great. Definitely something that I would want to do again. Then we went and had breakfast. Then we walked around. I think Bryant Park opened up at 8. And, um, you know, a few of the shops were open. Not everything was open. That's the only drawback. Not everything is open, but it was a lot of fun. And it's definitely something I would want to do again because I just don't want to have to deal with all the crowds. And it has nothing to do with COVID. Just has everything to do with the fact that I don't like uh, a, a, a large, large crowd. Go figure. My thanks to everybody involved in the show, as well as my guest, Cecily Wong, co-author of Gastro Obscura. Definitely want to check out that book. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.